Welcome to Foundation Fridays. This is an offshoot of Reverse Reset Restore, where we drop extra info on you on the last Friday of the month. This is the place where we talk about the books that are reshaping thoughts and belief systems, teaching us and guiding us into a deeper knowing of ourselves. Think of it as the book club for the soul. I'm your host, Sally, and I'm creating whole new worlds for myself, one page at a time. It's Christmas time, so it makes sense that this month's Foundation Friday episode would be one that fits this season. We all know the tale of Ebenezer Scrooge. He's miserly and mean and deeply, deeply wounded. When we first meet him in the story A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, we meet a man in the last years of his life, a life filled with chasing money, filling his coffers and treating others poorly, especially if they are poor. As the story unfolds, we realize that despite all his wealth, Scrooge is the poorest man in town. He has alienated himself from the only family he has, and his only friend, or rather, business partner, Jacob Marley, has been dead for some years now, as we discover in the opening lines. A Christmas Carol is clearly a story of redemption and transformation. It serves as a powerful exploration of the themes of holding on to grievances and unforgiveness. The story delves into the consequences of Scrooge's bitterness and his ultimate transformation through the journey of self-discovery and forgiveness. In this episode, we'll compare A Christmas Carol and Scrooge in the context of these themes, highlighting how the narrative conveys the importance of letting go of grievances and embracing forgiveness. Before we get into Dickens' timeless novella, let's take a gander at old Charlie's life. Charles John Huffman Dickens was born in Portsmouth, England on February 7th, 1812. He came from a fairly modest background, and while his father, John Dickens, was a clerk in the Navy Pay Office, he wasn't particularly astute when it came to the old finances. In fact, he wasn't good with money at all. A bit of a problem when you're the sole breadwinner, and a little bit of an oxymoron when you work in a pay office. The family's financial situation worsened when his father was imprisoned for debt. Charles had to leave school at the age of 12 and went to work in a blacking factory pasting labels on pots of boot polish. Thankfully for the rest of us, and obviously for Charles, this was not to be Charles's fate. Dickens' fortunes began to change when he started working as a law clerk and later as a court reporter. These experiences, as well as his own during his formative years, exposed him to the social injustices and disparities prevalent in 19th century England, providing rich material for his later works. His first published work was a collection of stories titled Sketches by Bows, which appeared in various periodicals. At the age of 24, Charles married Catherine Hogarth. His marriage was not a happy one. Firstly, and Really awkwardly, Charles was infatuated with Catherine's younger sister, Mary, and was inconsolable when she died, aged only 17, in his arms. 
Her untimely and tragic death raised her to an almost saint-like status in Charles's mind. And she became an idealized template of the virtuous woman in many of his novels. Her death also delayed the publication for his first two books, The Pickwick Papers and Oliver Twist. Despite his infatuation with his wife's younger sister and his grief over her death, the couple went on to have 10 children. A huge family by today's standards, but pretty standard for the Victorians. In 1836, Dickens published his first novel, The Pickwick Papers, which gained widespread popularity. This success marked the beginning of his prolific career as a novelist. Over the next few decades, Dickens wrote a series of highly acclaimed novels, including Oliver Twist, David Copperfield, Bleak House, Great Expectations, and A Tale of Two Cities, among others. There are reoccurring themes that run throughout Dickens' novels. They often focused on the struggles of the poor and working class, addressing social issues such as child labor, poverty, and the shortcomings of the legal system. His vivid characters and intricate plots made his works both entertaining and socially relevant, earning him a dedicated readership. In 1858, the 45-year-old Dickens left his marriage after falling in love with an actress by the name of Ellen Ternan, who was 18 years old at the time. Yeah, I know. This was very scandalous for the Victorian sentiments at the time, doubly so when it was also alleged that Charles had taken up with his wife's other sister, Georgina. Georgina was living at his estate and looking after all but one of his ten children. Charles had allowed Catherine to have one of the sons remain with her after they separated. To stop the rumours of his blatant infidelity, Charles forced Catherine to release a statement disputing the claims of adultery with her sister or the young actress, Ellen. She complied because it was either that or be left destitute. Now, at this point, Charles is looking like a real dick, withholding children from their mother, chasing after young girls, using finances as a coercive tactic to get compliance. This guy would be voted the biggest AITA on any Reddit thread. I guess our literary heroes can be just as human and fallible as the rest of us. Perhaps he drew from his very own character flaws for a character like Scrooge or the dastardly Bill Sykes from Oliver Twist. Putting aside his personal moral failings, Dickens not only achieved financial stability through his literary success, but he also became a prominent public figure. He used his platform to advocate for social reform, education, and improved labor conditions. Despite facing personal challenges and his questionable ethics surrounding his love life and his health issues, Dickens continued to write and lecture until his death in 1870. His legacy endures through his timeless novels, which continue to be widely read and adapted for various media. Dickens' ability to rise from adversity and use his talents to shed light on societal issues is a testament to his enduring impact on literature and social consciousness. Okay, now that we've been both impressed and kind of repulsed by Dickens' life and abilities, let's discover Scrooge and his pathway to transformation. 
Ebenezer Scrooge is introduced as a miserly, greedy old man who hoards his wealth and refuses to part with even a small amount for charitable purposes. Scrooge's unforgiving nature is evident in his solitary life and his disdain for social interactions. He refuses to celebrate Christmas, a time for joy and togetherness, due to grievances from his past, including a failed romance which we uncover as the novella progresses. He's built a fortune that has become a wall between himself and everybody else. It might appear to be a normal Christmas week for old Scrooge, same as every other, where he bar humbugs his way through the streets, openly despising everyone else who has the spirit of the season. But this is no ordinary Christmas. It is to be marked by the appearance of four visitors who will challenge Scrooge to change his ways or seal his fate. The first is his old business associate, Marley, who appears wrapped in heavy chains and warning Scrooge of his own inevitable shackles unless he changes his ways. Marley says, I wear the chain I forged in life. I made it link by link and yard by yard. I girded it on of my own free will and of my own free will I wore it. This is a profound statement and one that can easily get overlooked as we focus on the events that unfold throughout the night. But it kind of haunts me, no pun intended. Dickens has captured the reality that faces us all. We all wear chains we have ourselves forged. These chains, whether they be anger, grief, greed, fear, denial, hatred, unforgiveness, may have all been forged in the fires of adversity. But how often do we continue to wear the chains that bind us, holding on to those very hurts and grievances, choosing to hold them every link, every yard. We always have a choice. We always have free will. And yet, if we are willing to be honest with ourselves, how many times have we used our free will to keep ourselves in shackles? How long is your chain? How many links are looped together, creating a dragnet from which there is seemingly no escape? How much of what is weighing you down is your very own self-created bonds? The appearance of Jacob Marley's ghost serves as a catalyst for Scrooge's transformation. Marley's eternal torment results from his own life of unforgiveness, particularly his relentless pursuit of wealth and disregard for the welfare of others. What we know about Scrooge already at this point in the story is that he is a man made and molded in the image of Jacob Marley. And Marley is confined even in death by the chains he made for himself throughout his life. This is a man who never knew peace or what it was to love or be loved. A lonely existence he created in his pursuit of wealth. In his stubbornness to separate himself from others. And Scrooge has fallen into the same trap. Now we, as the outsiders looking in, can see that both of these men have chased after money because money and possessions can't hurt you like people can. 
Have you ever distanced yourself from others to prevent getting hurt? I know I have. Fortunately, not to the extreme measures Marley and Scrooge took, but I have built my own walls to diminish the possibilities of being wounded by those around me. And this separateness only allows unforgiveness to fester and rot away our connections. This is the state we find Scrooge living in. Luckily for Ebenezer, Marley has obviously realized that Scrooge is heading for the same perpetual pain he has condemned himself for all eternity to. And he appears as a harbinger now to Scrooge to warn him away from making the same mistakes. It was only in death that he learned what he could not or would not apply in life. This altruistic appearance is totally off-brand for Jacob Marley, as the man Scrooge and everyone else would have known. To me, it shows that in his death, his humanity was finally revealed. And with it, the man Marley might have been was able to breach the veil long enough to ward Scrooge off of the same fate. This first visitation isn't enough for old Scrooge, though. Personally, I think if an old friend of mine showed up from beyond the grave dressed in yards of chains and warning me of impending doom, I would have heeded the warning. I mean, Marley is totally just a huge old red flag at this point, but I'm not Scrooge. And it would be a very short novella indeed if Scrooge took the hint and changed his ways. The reality is, my friends, and you'll know this if you've ever tried to change, Change takes time. It doesn't happen immediately. And it's usually achieved because it's presented to us in multiple ways until we get it. Or we change because the alternative is to forever drag around these chains of our own design. In most movie adaptations, these events occur over one night, the night of Christmas Eve. In the book, Scrooge receives these visitations over the course of four nights, the first with Marley, and then Scrooge is confronted by his past, present, and future over the following three, although time seems to move as one night in the book. As the journey commences, Scrooge doesn't like what he sees. He still struggles to realize what he needs to do to change. He's resisting because, well, change is uncomfortable and hard. And it forces us to take responsibility for our own parts we've played in our pain. Do you really want to admit that you might have, at the very least, contributed to your own misery? Yeah, me neither. That's not a lot of fun. It seems like it's just so much easier to try to blame everyone else for our misfortunes and hurts, doesn't it? Well, that's where the root of bitterness and grievances and unforgiveness can take a stronghold in our life. After the visitation of Marley, Scrooge tries to discount it. But at the stroke of 1am, just as Marley advised, he is visited by the ghost of Christmas past. And so his change journey begins, with him kicking and screaming all the way back to his childhood, the root of where his pain began. And I think that's true for most of us. Now, obviously, I can't ask Dickens if he wrote this because he recognized that none of us escape our childhoods unscathed. But I do know that there are similarities with Scrooge's young life and that of Dickens himself. Both came from poor backgrounds. Both had fathers who ended up in debtors' prisons for owing money. 
both had to take on the financial responsibility to provide for the family, while still very much children themselves. One might question, where does Scrooge leave off and Dickens begin, or vice versa? The ghost of Christmas past is an ethereal spirit. They serve as a guide to illuminate the shadows of Scrooge's own past with the ghost's glowing cap reminiscent of a candle flame, symbolizing the illumination of forgotten memories. Taking Scrooge on a haunting journey through time, the spirit reveals scenes from his earlier years, including his childhood, youth, and the pivotal moments that shaped his character. Through the poignant scenes, Scrooge witnesses moments of joy, love, and companionship, but he's also confronted with his own shortcomings and the choices that led him down a path of isolation and greed. The Ghost of Christmas Past serves as a mirror to Scrooge's soul, compelling him to confront his own past actions and their impact on his present and future. This journey into the past is crucial in fostering Scrooge's transformation as it evokes a range of emotions from regret to nostalgia. By revisiting the roots of his bitterness and indifference, Scrooge begins to grasp how his grievances and unforgiving nature have caused him to experience so much loss in his life. With this visitation, he begins to understand the importance of reconnecting with the spirit of goodwill and rediscovering the warmth of human connection. Scrooge, unable to bear the torment of his past memories, begs the ghost of Christmas past to take him away, and so end the visitation with the spectre of the past. He falls asleep, but when he awakens, it appears as though he's missed the whole day, and 1am is approaching once more. This time, his visitor is the ghost of Christmas present. The ghost of Christmas present is portrayed as a hearty, jovial figure overflowing with the spirit of the season. It serves as a guide to Scrooge, revealing the current state of Christmas celebrations in the lives of those around him. The spirit takes Scrooge on a magical journey, showing him scenes of festive celebrations in various locations. From the humble Cratchit family home where, despite their poverty, there is an abundance of love and joy. To the households of Scrooge's nephew and others, the ghost provides a snapshot of the warmth and generosity that characterizes Christmas. One of the most iconic images associated with the ghost of Christmas present is its robe, adorned with an array of festive food and drink, symbolizing the plenty and generosity of the holiday season. The spirit also introduces Scrooge to two emaciated children, ignorance and want, as a stark reminder of the consequences of societal indifference. Through these experiences, the ghost of Christmas present aims to soften Scrooge's heart, urging him to embrace the true spirit of Christmas, compassion, generosity, and love. The lessons learned during this encounter contribute significantly to Scrooge's transformation, setting the stage for the final visitation by the ghost of Christmas yet to come. The ghost of Christmas yet to come, also known as the ghost of Christmas future or the spirit of Christmas future, appears to Ebenezer Scrooge on the final night of his transformative journey. Unlike the previous two spirits, the ghost of Christmas yet to come is shrouded in darkness and wears a hood that obscures its face, emphasizing the uncertainty and foreboding nature of the future. 
The spirit does not speak, but communicates through a series of eerie and ominous visions. By the time Scrooge is visited by the ghost of Christmas future, he is already changing. The feelings raised from his childhood and the reality of his present have begun the shift of transformation. As Scrooge says to the ghost of Christmas yet to be, I fear you more than any specter I have seen, but as I know your purpose is to do me good, and as I hope to live to be another man from what I was, I am prepared to bear your company and do it with a thankful heart. Even before he has seen what is to be, he's already changed, even if he hasn't fully realized it for himself yet. This short paragraph speaks of fear and pain and yet an acceptance that it is meant with the best of intentions. How different would our lives be if we could face the challenges in our lives with the same understanding? If we were to see the troubles and tribulations we experience as opportunities and even gifts and that the people in our lives who love us enough to speak out are in our corner we would not be the same. The ghost leads Scrooge through scenes of the future, revealing the consequences of his current path. One of the most impactful visions is the death of Tiny Tim, the young son of Scrooge's impoverished clerk, Bob Cratchit. This stark revelation serves as another catalyst for Scrooge's profound change of heart as he witnesses the potential tragedy resulting from his own actions. The ghost of Christmas yet to come also shows Scrooge his own lonely death, unloved and unmourned. This stark portrayal confronts Scrooge with the ultimate outcome of a life devoid of compassion and generosity. The spirit's silent guidance forces Scrooge to confront the grim reality of his potential future and the impact of his choices on those around him. Ultimately, the ghost of Christmas yet to come serves as a powerful agent of transformation for Scrooge. The fear of a bleak and desolate future prompts him to reevaluate his priorities and embrace the true spirit of Christmas. Through this final spectral encounter, Scrooge learns the importance of kindness and generosity and the interconnectedness of all lives, paving the way for his redemption and a joyous celebration of the holiday season. Scrooge needed all four of these visitations to truly transform, and that's often the way transformations really take root. The process of personal transformation is often more complex and gradual than a single decisive moment of change. It's a journey that unfolds through multiple layers of self-discovery, reflection and adaptation. Genuine transformation requires a nuanced understanding of one's own life and this often involves identifying aspects that necessitate change. Scrooge got to experience these through his interactions with Marley and the ghost of Christmas past, present and future. And while his change seemed pretty quick, happening in the course of just a few hours and just a few nights, his journey stands as a symbol for our own. It is possible to change the trajectory of your life, to change your attitude, your thoughts and your behaviours. Scrooge just needed to be given multiple opportunities to see that he could change if he would choose to do so. 
Change is really a one-time realization and the process of transformation often entails learning from life's challenges and hardships. Hard lessons can be profound for our change, pushing us out of our comfort zones and compelling us to reevaluate our choices. These lessons may come in the form of setbacks, failures, or moments of discomfort. However, it's through these experiences that we gain a deeper understanding of ourselves and our capabilities. Following his transformation, Scrooge engages in acts of kindness and generosity. He supports the Cratchit family, embraces the spirit of Christmas. He finds reconciliation with his nephew Fred and forgives those who have wronged him. A Christmas Carol and the character of Ebenezer Scrooge exemplify the themes of holding on to grievances and the potential for personal transformation through forgiving. The story serves as a poignant reminder of the importance of letting go of past wrongs and embracing the spirit of forgiveness, not only during the holiday season, but throughout the year. Scrooge's journey from bitterness to benevolence resonates as a timeless parable of redemption and the power of the human heart to change and forgive. Thank you so much for joining me for this important Foundation Friday. I hope that you'll consider the areas in your life where you might be acting like a Scrooge and keeping people at a distance. And I hope that like Scrooge, you're able to reflect on those areas and find the courage to change well before you get any ghostly visitations dragging you along for the ride. In the final words of A Christmas Carol and the character Tiny Tim, as we head into the holiday season and the new year, God bless us, everyone.